Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carbett, your host. And with me today, I have Mr. Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. That's right. He's part of those Locked On broadcasts you see across all the, the third teams across MLB. But Ethan gives a unique perspective about what's going on in the NL Central and most certainly with the Pirates. Welcome, Ethan. How are you doing today, man? Uh, well, after the Pirates just won on a walk-off, you can't help but be good after beating the Cubs three out of four. Uh, <laughs> O'Neill Cruz is finally up. A lot of these young guys are starting to make a real impact. So things kind of going in the right direction for Pittsburgh lately. Yeah, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh has been you know a bit, uh, hasn't been where they wanted to be, I would say, as far as NL Central. And you, you've got a couple of guys above you guys who are just continually battling out the, the Cardinals and the Brewers. But the things have changed for the you know, when I look at Pittsburgh over the last few years, you're looking at, let's take a quick look at the record, even just from last year, last year, you guys, I guess, ramped it up with about a winning percentage of 377. And right now you're at 412. So that's, you know, a good positive direction to be going into. Oh yeah, of course. And that's really all you can be looking forward to from this team right now is again, they're not contending. You'll hear me talk about that all the time. They're not a contending team as of yet, but they're getting to that point. Um, and a lot of that stems from the fact that you finally bring up arguably your best prospect in O'Neill Cruz. A lot of your pitching has started to improve a ton as of late and things just continue to move forward. And that's all you can really ask for out of this team is to just continue to move forward, see these young guys continue to get better. And that's more of what these these years in between contention are about is making sure that you're getting that core together again. Right now you have Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz is I think going to eventually stick himself in there as well. Um, Michael Chavis, even another castaway from a contending team in the Boston Red Sox with the Tampa Bay hat. I'm sure you know enough about the Boston Red Sox. Don't need to talk about them. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting stuff. And I mean, this Cubs series with O'Neill Cruz and Bly Madris coming up was, I think, just a peek at what the Pirates are trying to do in the future. Well, you, you know, to get there, like I said, the future, we, we're not, we don't all have an owner like Steve Cohen says, we're going to win right now. I'm going to spend millions of dollars and bring all these great players in and <laughs> make a difference. A lot of us have to build things. I mean, I, again, tracking some things as far as business with the Pirates, I've seen Euros farm system continue to grow. Uh, getting, you know, come up higher and higher in the rankings. A lot of things happened just a couple of years ago. Though. I mean, a lot of this I thought started like around 2019 when some changes were made with the, the general manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course you move on from Neil Huntington, who had his good moments, of course, bringing the pirates back to the postseason in 2013 through 2015 had his down moments like the Chris Archer trade to Tampa Bay. And yeah. I mean, it gets to the point where even now, you're still seeing some of the players from his regime, like O'Neill Cruz. He made that trade for Tony Watson to go to Los Angeles to get O'Neill Cruz, not Ben Sherrington, but Ben Sherrington came in. I believe he came in with a plan. He wants to progress things forward. He wants to make things continue to move forward. And he's put an emphasis on putting these young guys on the field, letting them have their ups and downs. And that's something I don't think we've seen in a while. I mean, of course, I wasn't alive to see it, but this team from 79 to the uh, late 80s, early 90s, had that big period where they didn't win. And then after that, they had that really long period until 2013 where they didn't win either. It takes time. And I know it's hard to be patient with an owner, as you said, that doesn't really spend money like that. 
But at some point, the talent's going to overtake that. And I think that's what we saw in 2013 with the likes of McCutcheon, Neil Walker, Josh Harrison, Pedro Alvarez. Now you're just kind of moving into that next regime of Key Brian Hayes, Reynolds, Cruz, Nick Gonzalez, Leover Piguero, et cetera. I mean, that list goes on and on as of right now until these guys prove themselves. Well, I think you're absolutely right as far as your building and getting there. As, as, as a fan, we're all anxious to see that all the way to the championship right now, but that's not always going to happen. The thing to do as a fan is to enjoy the game that you're there today for. Be out there and who you're seeing playing well, seeing those young people come up, seeing them hit that first home run, all of those things. Those are the exciting parts of the game to me. If I go in and I weigh heavily on my mind, oh my gosh, are we going to win the division? Are we going to get a wild card, et cetera? And, and I can tell you, being a race fan for many years, it really hurt a lot. Yeah. And uh, you, you, I saw Derek, Eric Neander come in as the GM. I thought, oh my gosh, he's getting rid of Evan Longoria. Is this man nuts? You know, and you, I started questioning everything he was doing, but it took a few years before those things came to fruition. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, Tyler Glass now <laughs> and oh, Austin yeah. Meadows. Uh, but, you know, and even that, uh, you look at, we had Austin Meadows for a couple of years. And we trade him off to the Tigers. We get Isak Paredes coming here. Other night, three home runs in one night <laughs> and another home run the next night. It it's all comes from planning. It all comes from, you know, planting the seed and being smart about the trade. So, again, looking at some of the changes you had from the front office, not just Ben Sherrington coming in. I, I want to talk in a minute about how he's brought some of these new guys up. But first, let's talk about uh, let's talk about your see your coach here. We got uh, Derek Shelton. Derek Shelton. Yeah, man. Tell me a little bit about him. Uh, of course, I believe he was a former um, hitting coach in Minnesota, comes over 2020, the most terrible time to, <laughs> to come over. Uh, for your first year. So I think this year is kind of like the first time he's had like kind of a normal year. Uh, last year was even still kind of in that COVID realm. And he has his moments where he, for lack of a better word, he kind of just messes up a pitching change or <laughs> the lineups are a little weird. But again, he's also probably hearing from the front office about what he has to do as well. But I think he is managing pretty well in terms of the lineups he does create every so often nobody's lineups are going to be perfect every single day especially with a team like this where everything right now is still a grain of salt compared to the bigger picture and having O'Neill Cruz of course helps build a lineup and I'm liking what he's doing a lot he has key Brian Hayes lead off a lot which I think is a very good decision to have immediately follows it up with Brian Reynolds immediately follows it up with Jack Sawinski or Michael Chavis and you're starting to see a lot of these guys gel together a lot more. And I think that's one thing that you really need to see is these guys gel together a lot more. And you hear about it from the guys that are coming up now is it's like, well, we've been playing minor league baseball together for three years and now we're all together. You want to create that kind of atmosphere and culture on the MLB, uh, MLB roster as well. So making that imperative, gelling these guys together, making lineups more consistent is something he can improve on, but that will also come with time as well. Did you think some of these moves would happen sooner? Did you think you would see Cruz come up sooner than he did? He should have came up sooner than he did, but we all know that um, salary manipulation and arbitration manipulation are a very real thing still in Major League Baseball and something that the Tampa Bay Rays even have used to their advantage, something the Pirates, yeah. I believe, are even using to their advantage as well. So should he have been up here sooner? Of course. 
Is he now? Yes. But I mean, I would have expected it sooner if that would have gotten changed in the CBA. And the same thing is going to happen for a lot of these other top guys as well, like Quinn Priester, Carmen Majinski, Nick Gonzalez, Leo Verpigaro. Those guys are going to get their service time manipulated just like O'Neill Cruz did. But at the end of the day, five, six years down the road when they have yet another year of control <laughs> on the guy, we're not even going to remember these couple months that we didn't get to see O'Neill Cruz play. There you go. And that's the truth. I know I'm, I'm looking right now and the Yankees, uh, <laughs> God forbid I mentioned her name, but uh, yeah, Aaron judge right now, he's coming up in arbitration. I think this Friday, it's his sixth year, man, before he's become a yep. free agent. You know, I think he did have a full complete six years. They didn't manipulate him so much. I look at Joe Kelly, I think was the, with the Cubs. I think he got manipulated. I, I was irate about that, but I realized these people are thinking, well, they're thinking from a mindset of a business person and they're not thinking about a young man's career who as a person and they're not thinking about the fans mm -hmm. but that's me just being passionate and wouldn't put my finger in the front office too much i guess yeah and like you said in the next few years we won't even be thinking about that as far as O'Neill cruz goes so i'm looking forward to seeing a lot more coming from him tell us this is about the last few days because that's when all this has been going on everything from uh, looking at O'Neill Cruz to uh, Sawinski as was Sawinski was performing even well just a couple of days before that. And uh, Bly Madrid, is it Bly Madrid? That's um, Madris, Madris. I honestly, everybody's pronounced it about six different ways. It's all good as long as he keeps hitting the baseball. I don't think anybody's <laughs> really going to care about how to pronounce his name, um, but I do. It is Madrid. I believe it's Madris. That's what I use baseball reference for as they tell you the pronunciations. But yeah, these last couple of days, I mean, they've won four out of their five. Um, or four out of five games, they beat the Cubs, which is something that I talked about on my episode yesterday about creating a stepping stone towards contending. And right. they're doing that right now by beating a team like the Cubs that they arguably should be beating with how Chicago is playing this year. They have a better record than them. And honestly, I didn't think I'd say this before the year started, but the Pirates are better than the Cubs are. They oh, just yeah. flat out are. And of course, the Cubs are dealing with their own things, their own injuries, but I think the uh, Wednesday game was definitely an outlier because Jared Eikhoff was just kind of a replacement for Zach Thompson, who's on the 15 day. We kind of all expected that to happen with him. I don't think anybody really put too much stock into that loss yesterday. It was mainly the Cubs just pushing back and the Pirates, you know, just throwing a guy out there that has no future with the team anyway. At the end of the day, though, for me, this is what I would really say about it is winning four out of five games is always a good thing. It doesn't matter who you're doing it against. It doesn't matter how you do it. And the Pirates did it really well. I mean, they scored 12 runs on Monday, seven runs on Tuesday, and eight runs on uh, Thursday, which is just great. And you want that to happen because that's one thing the offense has been struggling a lot. And you want to take this kind of thing and use, uh, use it with momentum. And whenever O'Neill Cruz got called up, I said that this was going to be a major factor for this Pirates team is that Madras and Cruz are going to implement a huge part of the offense into eventually like getting to the point where they're not scoring a run or two a game, you know, and that's what you like to see. And that's what we got to see these last couple of days. And, you know, another thing about those young guys coming up and to me that it's, it's exciting. And seen even I was looking at something on MLB the other day with your DH Vogelbach and he was saying, you know, the hype, I uh, see the quote is uh, the hype about O'Neill is crazy. He's an unbelievable player. But it doesn't go unseen what Bly has done very quietly up here. You know, he said, uh, "What you can say under the radar because he came up with O'Neill. 
He had mm-hmm. just uh, unbelievable bats. He played the heck out of defense in his two games out there. He does it quietly. You can tell he's a fire that wants to win, and those guys are contagious, and you want to be around those guys. And you want to be around those guys. That, that's the thing about it. This new blood, this new energy, if you will, I mean, that has to be sparking the rest of the team as also. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what you were looking for from these guys. And, and you see the Pirates, they've called up 12 new guys this year, all rookies. I mean, it's nuts. Cal Mitchell, Jack Sawinski, Tucapito Marcano, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park has been called up and down. Leover Piguero even got a game in there with Marcano going on the COVID IL this past weekend. O'Neal Cruz, uh, Jack Sawinski, who you mentioned earlier, Kanan Smith and Jigba before his injury, that's going to probably sideline him for the rest of the year. The, na- the list goes on and on and on, and it's good. And I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh should be complaining because they're finally doing what they should have been doing all along. And what a lot of these teams or a lot of these fans of teams that are losing usually beg for, which is throw the young guys out there. Yeah. Like just throw them out there. Because would you rather watch for lack of better comparison, would you rather watch Robinson Cano play for your team and hit 230, or would you rather watch Jack Sawinski play for your team as a rookie and hit 230? Oh, yeah. At least there's some optimism behind the 23-year-old hitting 230 and leading all uh, MLB rookies in home runs. That's really what you want to see. Now, of course, the Pirates still have their fair share of veterans on this team. Chris Stratton in the bullpen is a veteran. Heath Hembree, before he got DFA'd, was a veteran. Yu Chang, who's bounced around now, probably on his last legs, is a veteran piece. Brian Reynolds, even at this point, is a veteran piece. But when you're using these veteran pieces, like you mentioned, Daniel Vogelbach, he's made it an impact as a DH. He really has. And I mean... That's what you want out of those guys, but you also want these young guys to have somebody to look up to, which is where I think Key Brian Hayes is going to come big into this because he's already kind of established himself as a leader. Brian Reynolds kind of does the same thing. I want somebody to take charge and lead this team. Who's it going to be? I can't tell you that. Yeah, I might host the Locked on Pirates podcast, but I cannot tell you who's going to be the leader (laughs) of this team for the next half decade. But somebody is going to have to do it. Andrew McCutcheon did it for those three or four years uh, that they were contending. Who's going to do it now? That's one of the biggest questions that you're going to see over the next couple of years, because without a leader, you're not going to get to that World Series contention point. You might make the playoffs, but do the Pirates really want to make the playoffs and then lose in the wild card again? Which, thank God, the wild card doesn't exist anymore, because I know Pirates fans love talking about the one-game playoff. Oh, yeah. And... As a Tampa Bay Rays fan, I got to tell you, I understand about the young people coming up. I cannot tell you how long us fans have been going out to the minor league games watching Wander Franco the last few years. You know, say, when are they going to bring him up? When are they going to bring him mm-hmm. up? And the excitement about that. The, the other part is I'd been out there to the minor leagues and I'd seen the Dale Brujan. You know, I'd been out there. There were some other ones that we had traded as well. And you, uh, Taylor Walls, I saw him coming up and I said, He's not here yet. And oh my mm-hmm. gosh, we have Willie Thomas being charged up. Uh, where's he going to go? <laughs> you guys <Yeah>. know now, <laughs> but uh, good for him. Uh, you know, we brought Franco in and just all this new talent. It's a very exciting time for the team right now. The Rays, they're really kind of going through a hard time with some players that, that are out well, injury and some of them just not performing like you'd like to see, but going back to what you were saying, as far as leadership, We've had some great leaders on the team with the race. We had Charlie Morton. I mean, here's a guy, he's seasoned, he's quiet, and people listen and they learn when he does speak. We had Rich Hill. 
Rich Hill, another seasoned pitcher, but also had a lot of respect from everybody on the team and another quiet leader. You know, Nelson Cruz, we had him for a little bit. Nelson did the same. And not to take anything away from seasoned Corey Kluber, I don't think we have that same sort of energy with that we had with those previous three gentlemen I just mentioned. So those are important pieces. The new energy of the young bloods coming up, plus some veterans who can kind of give some direction. And I, I don't know. Like I said, personally, I don't necessarily feel like the Rays have that this year. Maybe that's changing. We'll see. But the Pirates, to me, are the epitome of where that can go. So I'm excited for you guys. So <laughs> Cubs, you actually said Cubs, I don't know what they're doing, okay? I don't know what they've been doing since they won a World <laughs> Series, for God's sakes. I talk with Sarah Sanchez sometimes from Bleed Cubby Blue podcast, and I know she's not happy. <laughs> I don't call her as often as I used to because she, she's not happy when I call. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's tough. And I'm looking at the Reds. Good gravy, man. Who are these people? They had the, the MVP of the year. Was it, you know, was it MVP or was it rookie? Um, rookie Jonathan, of the year, Jonathan India. Jonathan India. I saw him at a Louisville minor league game. They sent me down for hamstring injuries. But I'm looking at that team and I'm thinking, really, is this it? And I haven't looked at what they're spending salary-wise, but are you just trying to hang out with the Oakland A's down there in the basement, Reds? You know, are you, are you just trying to find a way to, to be at the very bottom? I don't know. I, I don't think that some front offices are making a commitment to the team and the fans. Yeah, and the thing that I love about what you bring up about the Cubs and the Reds is they're most likely going to be sellers at the deadline, which is should be music to the ears of Pirates fans for this one reason that I brought up before uh, on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago, is the Pirates are in a perfect spot right now. Albeit they're not contending at this current moment, but next year people are talking about with the additions of a lot of these younger guys and maybe some offseason additions that little cheap little spots to fill holes – the Reds and the Cubs aren't going to get any exponentially better no. over this calendar year. The Cardinals and the Brewers have are going to always be like a pretty two pretty good teams. But if you're the Pirates, you're in third place with the team that you currently have constructed. Currently. That's not counting what O'Neill Cruz is going to be like a year from now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Jack Sawinski is going to be like a year from now. And then you're throwing Quinn Priester into the fold. You're throwing 2020 number one overall pick Henry Davis into the fold next year. Extra wild card spot. Two teams below you that arguably aren't going to get any better no. by July 2023. And that's not to say the Pirates will be either, but there's a really better chance that they are than the two other teams that you mentioned. The Cardinals and the Brewers are going to be there. They are. But if you could tell me that the Pirates can have a winning record, be third place in the NL Central and compete for a spot next year, is that really that crazy to think about? I see it a very strong possibility. You know, there's with what you guys have done, again, talking about the Youngbloods, but the energy is there. Talking about the energy, I wanted to part from specifically looking at players in front office for a moment. For a lot of baseball biz uh, fans, I'd like to be able to give them an idea what it's, what it's like when they come to watch Pittsburgh, when they come to see the parks, when they come into the stadium. Can you give me a little bit about what that experience would be like? Uh, well, it's always fun trying to uh, talk about that because I do live in Georgia, but I've been to PNC Park a lot of times. Uh, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, as I've uh, told people before, but I mean, probably the most beautiful, like, scene that you'll ever see i mean you got the bridge in the background with the entire city skyline 
the the stadium itself is great. You can get phenomenal food. They've done a ton of renovations lately to PNC Park as well, which is very nice. And I'm sure Tampa fans are probably also hoping that they have uh, renovations coming to a stadium soon. But it's also great because, I mean, when the Pirates are winning, people go to the games. People go to the games anyway, but when they're winning, man, they sell that stadium out. And seeing a sold-out PNC Park, if you guys ever want to see anything cool for everybody listening, and my Locked on Pirates listeners who are also listening already know I mentioned this from time to time, just go and watch the 2013 wildcard game against the Reds. It's probably the most cool thing you'd ever see. The Pirates, I mean, Russell Martin hits that home run off Cueto after he drops the ball on the mound, and you thought that place was going to rip apart. You really did. I mean, it's just a bunch of people going nuts. And at its core, I really think Pittsburgh could be a baseball city if the team was consistently good. Of course, you're competing with the Steelers and the Penguins, which shout out to Locked On Penguins, Lockdown Steelers, because those two teams are just, they got it. They got yeah. the stars, they got the wins, they got the, the rings, everything you need. But at the end of the day, the atmosphere is there. They just need the team to be where it, it can be, which is what we've alluded to already, contending for a wild card spot or even eventually contending for a World Series. We like to have a joke that the Pirates are the 2025 World Series champions around here. So we'll see how that works out for us. Well, thanks kind of walking us through the park because uh, it is kind of a unique experience. I mean, so many times we're able to watch something on TV with it, but we're not able to get there. And, and PNC Park is definitely one on my list. So thank you for sharing that with us. And looking to the future, where it's at that point where we're starting to get uh, all the votes coming in from the All-Stars. And have you got somebody from the Pirates you picked that said, this is the guy who should be representing the Pirates during the All-Star game? Probably Bednar, because I think he's just been a top five closer in all of baseball. As everybody knows, every team gets an All-Star. Um, so I've really kind of looked at a lot of the smaller teams and who's going to probably get it. Like for the Orioles, for instance, I think Austin Hayes will definitely get that nod for them. He's been absolutely phenomenal. For the Pirates, I think it's between Bednar and Hayes. Reynolds' beginning of the year, I think, was just too slow for him. He's still only in, like, the 247 and 250 batting average range, which is not him. But, I mean, over that nine-game road uh, stand that they had where they lost nine games in a row, um, he actually did very well. He was hitting 500 on the road stand. You'll take that all the time. But Hayes has been phenomenal. He leads all of baseball in offensive runs saved. But I do think David Bednar will be that guy just because he's been consistently on it out of the bullpen. Three inning saves, something you don't usually get or hear that often. And he's just been that guy. And, of course, from Mars PA, a local guy, can't go wrong with it. And I'd love to see Bednar as an all-star and hopefully see Bednar on this team when they're starting to contend again. Well, I contend again, Blake. I think you kind of are now. But we'll see how it rolls out for the rest of the season. I mean, obviously, like I said, you're doing better than you did last year overall. And you got, you got a good team, man. So we'll see. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, what are your expectations then for, like, the rest of this year? Do you see you guys above 500? No. 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 They're already 10 games under. I think anything – just don't lose 100 games again. That's really what I think that their main goal needs to be. 
But if they can get to 70 wins, which is something I think that's very possible for this group, especially if they keep them intact and stay healthy, 70 wins is like a very good benchmark for going into next year. We've seen teams jump from 70 to 75 wins to then a winning record the very next year, because sometimes all you're looking for is that one piece that changes everything. And the Pirates might have that in-house. They might have it out of house. You never know. And 70 wins, I think, is a good benchmark. They're 29 and 40 right now, I believe. Yeah, they're 29 and 40. So if I do my math correctly, I can't. How many games is that? That's 69 or yeah, yeah, 69 games. Is that six or is that 79 games? No, you're you're 69, I believe. Yeah, that's 69 games. I mean, some other teams up to 71 games. You guys are still got some other ones to make up. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, if that if they can get to that number, 70, I think that's good. I mean, going into the year, they were 65 and a half over under. If they go over that, I think most people would be pretty happy with this team. Going to take it kind of a step back, too. I was looking at opening day and seeing who is no longer there. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fun. Uh, Yoshi, Yoshi's been out. Susugo, he's been out, I guess, now for a while, and I, I don't know that he's gonna. We'll ever see him come back. Catching's been kind of, uh, well, <laughs> catching's been kind of interesting for you guys too. I know there was that one game I was watching, and suddenly said, "Wait a minute, they got a position player doing catchers." It's, yeah, Josh Van Meter. Yeah, and uh, was it Mikey Perez came up for a bit? Is he still with you guys? He or? is still up, yes. Uh, right now, the catcher situation is Tyler Heineman and Michael Perez. Uh, beforehand, it was Roberto Perez who they signed in the offseason. He's out for the year. You've seen uh, Andrew Knapp even get get some chances, but he's no longer here either. And I'm looking at that opening day lineup, Daniel Vogelbach, Michael Chavis, Reynolds, Hayes, Castillo, Sutsugo, Van Meter, Kevin Newman. Then you also got a uh, Cole Tucker in there. Who's no longer here. Yeah. Ben Gamble's on a rehab stint, Roberto Perez and white park. So yeah, since April, a lot has changed on this team for the better, for the most part. <laughs> and we never know, you know, somebody who goes to Vegas and bets at the beginning of the year on what some of these teams are going to do and what, what they're going to look like. It is a big gamble, but uh, yeah, obviously Vogelbach. So he's obviously still with you guys and, I mean, he's kind of a leader, too. I mean, he's a little bit more longer in the tooth, but he's a leader of that team. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, yeah, he was a a free agent signing. He's done well. I think he's teaching some of these guys things, and it's fun to see him do his thing on the base pass every once in a while. You know, bigger guy, but he's got some speed behind him. Yeah, I know. I used to look at him and Rowdy Chiles as two guys out there. I like watching the big guys out there run the bases when they're doing well. Uh, Who is it, the guy from – Oh, the Blue Jays. Um, Ale, was it Alejandro uh, Kirk? Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. And I'm surprised to see the speed. I look at these guys, and they're much more athletic than what a person might think when they see them uh, <laughs> out there at the plate. But it's been going great, my friend. So let's see now. Hmm. When we're looking then for the expectations of the season, we talked about what that's going to do. What What do you want to see the front office do for the, the team that they haven't done yet? Like, this year or moving forward? Let's look at moving forward. Uh, moving forward, I mean, realistically, you can kind of see where the holes are going to be for this team when they're contending, pitching being one of them. But whenever they were contending before, I mean, 2013 through 2015, Francisco Liriano, AJ Burnett, um, who else did you have in there? Uh, Charlie Morton even yeah. was there for a little bit. You know, So go find those guys like Diamonds in the Rough. Look at Tyler Anderson after he left his team last year. 
doing phenomenal in LA. Absolutely. And I've heard people say they need they needed to keep him. And I'm like, no, it was the right thing to trade him. <laughs> it was definitely the right thing to move on from him. And, you know, that's all I'm really looking for. You always find those little unsung heroes and those unsung signings. I mean, look at the Braves last year who just won the World Series. Acuna goes down and they bring in three outfielders yeah. at the trade deadline. Everybody thinks they're dead in the water, including me. I thought they were too. And they go and win the World Series. I mean, you go again to mention the 2013 through 2015 teams. Russell Martin was a free agent pickup. Francisco Cervelli was another guy that came in later in the fold that was very good. You continuously see these guys, Marlon Bird. I mean, you see all these names that I bring up and it's like, oh, not like a Hall of Famer or anything, but a good role player to sit around those guys like O'Neill Cruz and Key Brian Hayes and, and those top guys on your team that supplement and ultimately in September might be the difference between you making the playoffs or not making it at all. So that's what I want to see the front office do. Add rather than subtract. Add rather than subtract. That's a good strategy. Okay. We've been talking with Ethan, and that's Mr. Ethan Smith from at what was it? Locked, looking at you at Twitter's at Locked On Parts. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. And, all right. And you've got a daily broadcast uh, Monday through Friday, so you can catch up with what's going on in the parts there. Any other final words you want to share with our audience here on Baseball Biz? Uh, no. And also the audience from Locked On Pirates. So Baseball Biz and Locked On Pirates both going to kind of converge today. Really nice stuff. Uh, but yeah. Make sure you guys come over here and follow uh, this wonderful gentleman. You know, can't go wrong. Make sure you come <laughs> over to uh, my podcast as well if you're new. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. We just reached 300 subscribers on YouTube the other day, which is awesome stuff. And, of course, uh, at MVP underscore Ethan is my main Twitter. You'll see the verified tag. I don't know how I got it, but I have it. So you'll, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> okay, Ethan. Man, I can't thank you enough for joining us and allowing me to be here on uh, at Locked on uh, Pirates as well, man. It's been fun, fun, fun. Can't wait to see what's more coming. And my gosh, like I said, looking at these new guys you got, it is inspiring. I mean, nothing but good things to come. Yes, sir. All right. I want to thank everyone for joining me today here on Baseball Biz. Remember, you can always find me, Mark, at the baseball biz on twitter you can also find baseball biz on all of the directories we're talking about apple podcasts google podcasts iHeartRadio, stitcher if if it's out there we're there <laughs> also special thanks to ethan smith from locked on parts podcast it's great having him here today and we look forward to talking with him too again real soon special thanks to x take rux for the music rocking forward Yes, sir.